I'm Chris from All Things Good and Nerdy, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. Hi, I'm Ryan Dombrowski of Game Development Studio Doombrowski. And I'm game dev YouTuber Nathan the Ninja Fat Man. And together we are Doom Ninja. A podcast about all things gaming from streaming development, new games, and old AAA to indie games. And left six, right three. 150 It's news time. News. What's what's happening in the world? In the world of gaming news, a new digital frontier. There's this company I'm not sure if you've heard of. They're called Nintendo. Nintendo. Okay. Have you heard of them? Uh, are they bakers? No, they they make they've made some games. Just a couple, though. They they've been around for a little bit, but they uh, have made some games like Zelda, Mario, Zelda. Some, yeah, those sound like breads. I still think they're bakers. Yep. So Nintendo will be, and this is the clever. He said Sonic and Friends. Whoa, wrong wrong maker. Uh. Nintendo will be linking their Zelda franchise to the smartphone. Hmm. So, linking it. <laughs> so we have, uh, was it Mario Run? Then you have Pokemon Go, which is a Nintendo product IP. And now we'll have Pot Smasher, the Zelda game. And then there's Fire Emblem Heroes, <laughs> which was a, it's a, R- a Japanese-based RPG. Shout out to my, my uh, buddy Brian Dalis, friend of the show. Yeah, he's and congrats on recently getting yeah. married. Congrats to both. Um, he, he got me into the Fire Emblem Heroes game. Uh, Animal Crossing is going to come out a little later in the year, and then that's when they're saying soon after that is when we'll get a Zelda smartphone game. Now, there's no details if it's going to be, uh, like Mario Run or Pokemon Go, you know, virtual, uh, AR game. No details. They just know that Nintendo is bringing their IPs to the mobile market because they've had some success so far. That makes me wonder what they're going to do because, uh, Zelda, is generally a big RPG type of experience. And I don't think they're going to bring that to a mobile phone because the Switch is a mobile device. You know, they're probably going to keep all their releases that are that are large on something like that. So, we'll see. Um, I've long said that I wish Nintendo would stop making hardware and just release their IPs on other PC and console cuz I, I I wouldn't I I ha- there's never been a reason for me to really, except for the Switch, kind of, go out and buy a Nintendo system in a very long time. However, I would love to play a Metroid game. I would love to play Zelda. Uh, so, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited that this is a platform that I own, a.k.a. mobile. You have one? You have a f- mobile platform? I do. You're like one of the few. I know. Not many people. <laughs> I was an early adapter. Yeah. So, yeah. Next up, have you heard of the game Alan Wake? I have. It's like a a horror type of investigative story. type of yep. story. Yeah. So it's it's it makes a lot of lists of sometimes the some of the best games of all time. Uh, the, their narration is really good. The music is really amazing. It's one of the things that makes it stick out. Which kind of what made me uh, bring to your attention. Well, by the time you hear this in the audio podcast, the game's gone forever. 
How's that? It actually ends today. It will no longer be available for sale anywhere. Okay, so it's not gone forever. You just can't purchase it. Correct. So you, it, it ends today. It goes off of sale pretty much everywhere because today, which is May 15th for the for transparency here, all their music licenses expire. They had a seven-year music license. That and, sucks. And it's gone, so they have to stop selling the game. I wonder, it, I mean, why wouldn't they either relicense or change? I mean, maybe they're not making money off of it well, anymore. The, so it's a very good question because this that was actually broached uh, in the article. So games have a very you know when a game's first release is when it's going to make the most money, and then it tapers off, and then there's a point where it really drops off. Um, there were still there were still sales of Alan Wake. However, the with the music thing, they it was cheaper for them to do a seven year license as opposed to kind of in perpetuity, just renewal or whatnot, or a permanent licensing. Um, so, and they've said that the it doesn't make sense to renew the license based on the sales. So, Steam today, if you're lucky enough to hear this on our Twitch stream, which is twitch.tv slash Demon's Podcast, uh, today they actually they're selling it pretty much everywhere ninety percent off. Huh. Kind of as a goodbye closeout sale for the game. They're probably going to make a good amount of money from it, too. Yeah, just as a quick, like, deuces. Selling for $2 or whatever. What was it, like a $20 game? Uh, I don't know what the last price is. I mean, brand new, it was a full-fledged game. It was a big deal. It was I want to say it was a $50 or $60 game brand new seven years ago. Hmm. So we'll be interested to you know say goodbye to a game that's actually it makes a lot of lists as you know some of the best games or innovative games for the time. Isn't there more than one Alan Wake? Isn't there two of them? I believe there's two. I, so I would assume we're going to run into this just the first one down the road a little bit if they kept the same business model. Hmm. And the last headline: Do you have a favorite time of the year for Steam? A favorite time of the year for Steam. Is there a time like oh around Christmas. Like after Christmas. After Christmas. They do the sales and you've got some Christmas money and I usually get Steam cards from people such as yourself. That's, that's, that's my go-to Ryan. Ryan and your, your uh, girlfriend what gift. What the hell was that? Whatever. I have a, I have a hammer on my foot. Uh, that's usually the go-to gift for you guys is a Steam card just because it works. Oh, yeah. And you get party games and stuff, which we end up playing. So it yeah. works out for everybody. Um, so after Christmas, what about another time of year? Maybe six months later. What about six months before, or six months before? We'll go. We'll go either way. <laughs> it's so, like a summer sale, right? Boom. Yeah. So Steam always has a summer sale. It's usually a big deal. Uh, shout out to Necrillion, who's a uh, Twitch follower of ours. Who basically he saves money all year for the summer sale. Uh, they try to. They don't release the dates till not last minute Apple style, but they they kind of hold those dates. And then boom. Well, there was a presentation for a Steamworks development group meeting. Steamworks is their, like, uh, people who do mods and extra development for games. Mm. Like, Steamworks, a lot of the people there make the mods for Skyrim, stuff like that. Yeah. So there was a, a Steamworks development group meeting, and there was a presentation, and apparently leaked from the presentation were the dates for the Steam summer sale. And it kind of makes sense, because it, it basically falls during the same period as last year. So June twenty second through July fifth. So we'll see if that's yeah. I mean, the I wonder what the big deal is about that. People pretty much get the gist of it every year. It's just about the yeah. same same time. I mean, well, give or take. In a week theory, or two. you don't want to announce it too early because people will stop buying games hoping their game goes on sale. Yeah, just so you don't it's want more that frontal dip. now. Yeah. So 
We'll see if that's uh, turns out to be an accurate rumor. I know uh, I typically buy a couple games during that time. Um, I usually look for the Civilization games, which me and my wife really dig. Mm-hmm. We kind of look for those around that time. Uh, the DLCs usually go on sale, too. I wonder if this is actually... I wonder if it'll slow down, but actually pick up as much as it slowed down. Since people know to wait until that time, maybe they'll buy extra because they have more time to save. I don't know. Who knows? We will see then. Weird. So weird. So, Ryan. So. So. Tetsu so. <laughs> Game. Sorry, the, the, the operatic singing like <laughs> broke my concentration. <laughs> Dynamo! I want to watch, uh, not Blade Runner, Running Man. Running Man. That's yeah, I want to watch Running yeah. Man again soon. I watch, you know, I've never seen Blade Runner. And I'm told it's Blade Runner. I've never seen it. I saw I saw it like within the last couple of years. It's it's all right. I, I keep meaning to watch it, but the new one's coming out. Yeah. So. Well, I still want to see the old one. It's supposed to be classic, and you know, Harrison Ford. That's Ford, pretty Ford, cool. Harrison Ford. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So, game this week from our humble bundle monthly is Dirt Rally. This is a very popular game. I'm actually doing some research for the game before while it was downloading. It's a fairly large download. Um, and I'll tell you about it. <laughs> Dude, look at, look at me. <laughs> Just take a second here. The people that are out on the stream and what? Look at my awful, terrible <laughs> driving. So, oh my super goodness. mega popular game. Uh, a lot of the racing community really gets in this game. Um, the, some of my friends who play like Forza also play this game. Some people really prefer this over the Forza games or the Gran Torino games. Gran um, Torino? The, Gran Turismo, sorry. <laughs> I would love to play the Gran Torino game. <laughs> Get off my lawn, slant eye. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Just sit there and racially slur against people. <laughs> That's a really good movie, though. That was a good movie. That was a good movie. Um... <laughs> So it is your is a is a rally game in the veins of Gran Turismo in the vein of Forza. Most of those games, there's a career mode uh, where you race and you get money. You can unlock cars. Uh, you also can set up your cars, which is a giant deal in this game. And for those uh, who aren't familiar with rally, rally is typically uh, is not your standard oval course, something you'd find in NASCAR. It is going to be multiple surface types. Uh, multiple terrain, left, right, hard turns, and it's typically you have two people in the car, the driver and the co-pilot or co-driver who is kind of memorized the track and gives you what's coming up. Dude, I didn't know that was a thing Yep, before I played this game. I no idea. That. However, I have no idea what the guy was talking about when he was talking about Oh, yeah. Left four, 180, straight. Narrows, left one. <laughs> So I, we'll get we'll get to that. So this game was developed by Codemasters, who's uh they've they've made this is a whole series. Dirt's been coming out for a while. Yeah, yeah. I think I had a free copy of a dirt game when I bought a video card five years ago, something like that. Uh, Codemasters been making games since the eight bit days, not the resurgence of eight bit, but like when that mm-hmm. was the technology. Um, so they've been around for quite a while, and this has been their far runaway success as this franchise. Yeah. Uh, they develop and publish it. It came out uh, December of 2015, so right at the end of 2015 for Christmas. It's available on PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Linux. Yep. Where you would generally be playing games. So, like we mentioned, this is a racing game, and 
So let's get into the, the pros. The pros. The pros. We'll start with the pros. First, the sound in this game is amazing. It's pretty good. Not not saying not talking about music at all. It's the shifting noises, the the mm-hmm. kind of the I, I'm not a car guy. The backwash of the exhaust, if you will, where it's like sucking back in, or the pops, mm, the pops, and the it also the flame. It shows the flame also when it does the little pops, and uh, the gravel. You hear the little chunks of gravel hitting the wheel well, and just as you change terrains, the the tiger noise sounds different. There was a lot of detail put into just the the range of sound in the game. That yeah, really impressed me. That's one thing. I, yeah, I definitely noticed that too. Their attention to detail is pretty pretty high, and I kind of expected that to be honest. Like as soon as I started playing, and I noticed like it was more going towards realism, that I kind of guessed it was going to be more like a Gran Turismo type of thing, but off road, which honestly is what exactly what it felt like to me. Um. Previous players of the Dirt franchise uh, kind of looking, gotten some feedback from people on Twitter that the handling of this game was ultra realistic, which some people don't like. Which, if you watch us play our streams, you realize we, uh, yeah, yeah, you can see me just flopping off of rocks right now. <laughs> I did manage to find the uh, the get out of the cockpit mode because it just drops you straight into the first person view, yep. and from the racing games of the past. That wasn't always like a normal feature. Uh, usually you'd have a game with the first person view or a game from the above view. And then eventually they started introducing both. And I'm more used to the overhead, over the yeah. shoulder type of view. Um, I had first, I had issues with my controller. Well, first off, this game did not like my my 4K setup. It freaked out. It gotcha. like, literally kept changing resolutions. There's a bunch of issues. Um, and I don't know what caused it. I finally dropped everything down to 1080p, and it worked fine. Mm. Um, my controller wouldn't work either, which started freaking me out. So I had to use the keyboard at first, and that's impossible. <laughs> it's I can imagine. A is accelerate. Uh, you steer with comma and period. Okay. And then the other buttons turn on. I turned on. I couldn't figure out steering. So literally, I was turning on windshield wipers, lights. <laughs> Other aspects before I figured out the the comma in the period were the left and right steering keys. I noticed the wipers went automatically when I was in first person mode because your screen your like window does start getting dirtier as you go. Um, where are we going now? So copilot. Let's just talk about copilot. Copilot. That's the first thing. So throughout the the race, the guy will say left three. Then sometimes a number, then left three, right one, 300. So it took me a while to figure out what that meant. Yeah. They grade turns on a scale of one to six. Six being the six slightest. Six being just the slightest of turn, one being basically like a 180 or a severely sharp well, turn. Well, a one would be like almost 90 degrees because there is a hard left and a hard right yeah, that they true. say as well, yes. which is 90 degrees. And then there's a hairpin, which is like 180. Yep. So it's a, it's a severe turn, and then the numbers, besides the 1 through 6, the, the 60 to 100 was distance. Like straight away straight until away the next distance. thing. Because yeah. I got to one race, and it was like, he's like, left, 6, 300, open it up. And yeah. like basically, you just you had a 300, he's like, I'm assuming meter. He's like, care, rocks, right side. Yep. Road narrows. Don't cut it. Yeah. Don't cut. I would just say that, don't cut. And uh, yeah, your guy's British. Which, I don't know if it's important, but it is. just Because yeah. at first I didn't know what the hell he was saying. Like, physically did not understand, or 
physically under listen. I could not <laughs> mentally comprehend no, the words he was like saying. Like I was like, "What the? F- I don't get it." So I ignored it for a while. Which, after looking up some of the tips on how to play this game, is never ignore the co-pilot. Mm. Like all the people who this listen to the co-pilot to know how hard to break. Um, you should feather the throttle brakes. Like don't just slam on things. Yeah. There's also like secrets on or not secret driving tips when you catch air. People want to stop pressing the, or want to hit the brakes, or stop pressing the accelerator. When you land, your tires are stopped. You stall your car out. Like the, it gets into wow, you just wrecked it yeah. hard. I landed it though, and you got. An I think I recovered it. Yep, you did a flip, and it says nailed it as an achievement. Yes. <laughs> See, that's what I'm used to right there. And then I was like, "Fuck, I can't get up there." So other, uh, let's see what other pros. Um, the landscapes weren't as crisp as other games I've played, like Forza, um, but they're still pretty good. Yeah, it was uh, so so. They went into the most of the details in the car, and then for the aesthetics, and then most of the I would say the coding went into the handles of the game, the actual how you handle your car and the tweaks you can make. Um, yeah, which is it's insane. The learning curve I mean, on this game is steep. I, I I did tweaks based on like what they said would happen, like uh, lowering the gear ratios and whatnot for more acceleration. But it's it felt so minute. Like even the difference of going like completely low or completely high, or like when it says you get better traction off of one or the other, like going fully one or the other, it, I didn't feel like much of a difference. And it's probably because I was doing bad before and <laughs> I was doing bad after, so I couldn't really tell the difference. But after playing for a while, because I went, I played it to record this, and then I played some after I recorded it, and then I came back today, which was the day after that, and then played it again for like another hour. Because I wanted to give it like a, a full, honest try, because I'm not into racing games, but maybe it would get me into the game. Yeah. Which it did not, but... <laughs> so, that's the pros. Any other pros? Any other pros. If somebody's looking for a lot of content, this... By what I see, we'll have a flipping ton of content. It'll if you're into racing, it, it's gonna be it's gonna probably I'm gonna guess like 20, 20 plus hours at least because I started the first rally race, which is what you're watching, and it said when you, before you start it says zero of seven. I was like, okay, there's gonna be seven races. No, there's seven sets of four. Yeah, and each race takes about well. If you're bad like me, like five or six minutes. Yeah. Which it should take about four. But even then, if you take 20, we'll say 20 minutes, because there's in-between time for repairs and whatnot, and you have to do that seven times for one race, that's an hour and 40 minutes for a single race set. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. There was also, like, the... Oh, man, I wish I could... It was, like, take some time to shake one out, and, like, there was terminology I'm like... I don't think that means what they think it means. Stuff that was like, oh, I'll, like I'll, we need I'll, you to rub one out here. <laughs> no, it really. I, I took a screenshot. I don't know where I don't know where I put it. I'll, I'll put it on Twitter. But uh, so those are the pros. What's up, Caster? By the way, yeah. er, he said, I "Swear you misspelled my name intentionally." Oops. <laughs> that sounds sarcastic. To- <laughs> Oops. My bad. No, it's Caster Troy eighty two. Uh, Twitch streamer, friend of the show, Bruce. Um, Shake one out, Doritos chip. So cons. Con! Learning curve on this game is ridiculous. 
if you go into it expecting it to be playing like a video game, like a more arcade-style game, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> and that's kind of what I was hoping for, is that it was a little less realism and a little more forgiving. And it's not forgiving at all. Actually, I actually found when, when doing those races that if I treated it like driving in real life, I did better. Where I was more concerned with my safety and was like, oh, this is a big turn. I'm going to slow way down. Take it slow. I, I did that a ton better. Yeah. And it was I, boring. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the, what's it, the racing games don't necessarily need a tutorial, but like when you're tweaking your car, it does say this should improve your time, but you don't understand why. And like you said, maybe my expectations, if I went all the way one direction, I should see drastic changes, but I didn't. Yeah, exactly. Which was, and that could be just my lack of understanding of, you know, the the finesse behind racing games and cars in general. And it could also be because we probably had the most basic of entry-level cars. Because it says, like, torque number, which I'm going to guess is, like, horsepower. And some of the first ones you get are, like, one-tenth, like, (laughs) like disgustingly low amounts. I think the biggest car I got, because I bought a second one, was, like, 130. Yeah. And that's weak. That's really weak. Um... Yeah, Caster said it looks like Gran Turismo on dirt, which is fair. Um, I'm trying to gather the rest. <laughs> just, <sighs> I like the landscape. I like that there was a lot of tracks. Like, holy crap! You won't there, like. I remember playing Mario Kart originally. I know this is a horrible thing to compare to, but you can memorize <laughs> the tracks. Though that's what I'm saying. Like, there was so there's only a dozen tracks you can memorize. These are really complicated tracks. And there's a ton of them. I did a co- quite a few races, and I hadn't even scratched uh, scratched the surface of the the amount of tracks and um, different terrain you can go through in this game. Yeah, because there's dirt, gravel, there's asphalt, and it all handles differently. And you know, the whole game is not like what you're watching now. It's not just like curvy nature stuff with a person in the other seat. Because I tried another like open rally thing, and it's. It's more of like a, a little more circular race, a street race, that has what's called a joker lane, which I guess there's a certain lane that you have to go down that's more difficult once in the race. So not all of it is this windy, single area, like point A to point B track. There, there are some that are more circular and more like a regular racing game, but and that have like more than just your car, Yeah, which... I honestly enjoyed a little more having something else on the screen to feel like I was racing against it, except when I first started, where it was just me racing by myself because they were so damn far ahead of me. <laughs> That's pretty much how every race was for me. Yeah. Um, definitely want to put practice in this game if you're going to play it. Uh, if you want to try this game out, by no means is it a bad game. I just think we both are kind of ingredients, correct me if I'm wrong, we're not into racing games generally. No. Especially the realism. Like, I'll, I'll, arcade racing games, Burnout, Mario Kart. Burnout you know, 3 is my favorite yeah, racing game. Those definitely enjoy. However, the ultra-realism games, they're just kind of not our thing. I think overall it's a well-made game. Um, yeah. Especially for people who want to challenge. Uh, I definitely felt like when I was, like, Doing poorly, it was my own fault, even though I didn't know exactly why it was my own fault. Yeah. Like, when I'm cutting things and start fishtailing like crazy, I was like, I'm sure it's something that I'm doing, because they spent a lot of time to figure out 
the, the minute details of how a car handles and whatnot. Broke my radiator a couple times. Yep. <laughs> um, and then also, on top of that, you have like time between races that you can tweak things. Uh, your crew matters. You can actually change out your crew. Yeah, I they bought... fix damage. And... I bought the Asian dude, because, you know, seems like he'd be good Asian <laughs> <at> mechanics. <laughs> wow. Um, so, I, I I can't fault the game because I don't like the genre. Though I do that for every horror game we ever review. <laughs> but Fear um, was good. Sure. The expansion was bad. So, <laughs> put it on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 to 10 for my own personal... If I would buy this and play this and enjoy it, like a three, maybe. Pretty low, just because I'm not into this type of game. Because the the gameplay loop, to me, is boring. But if it were something that I was into, uh, since there is so much content there, I could, I could see it being an awesome game. It's just yeah. not for me. So, like I said, for me, this is like a three or a four. Uh, the quality of the game, though, I'm going to put like a seven, seven and a half, four... If you like racing games, like I, I've actually like the Forza series. I always get the Horizon game because it's more arcade versus the mm-hmm. ultra realism. Um, so I wouldn't put this as high as one of the Forza games, and it's not just the view. Um, like this obviously doesn't have the same graphics quality as a Forza game. However, I'm not really holding that against it. Um, it's just the intuitive nature. Some things I like you said, certain things happen, and I don't understand why they happened. Yeah, and so I'm gonna, that's gonna ding it a little bit for me. I think the game would have benefited for people who don't play racing games by not having that 15 second out of bounds. Or <laughs> just yeah. like let me drive out of bounds, please. Yeah. Just let me go where I want to go. <laughs> but this like you'll hit a out of bounds, like a true out of bounds where it eventually just will reset you. Yep, and then you get time penalty. Yeah. Oh, Sneeze. So, if you like racing games, it's worth checking out. If you don't like racing games, this is not going to convert you into a racing game enthusiast. It's pretty boring for the non-racers. Yep. But we're about to give it away, hopefully to a racing type that will enjoy this game. And so for, before we close out the game, for those listening on the podcast, we give away every game we talk about. Uh, we give away a Steam code for that game so you can enjoy it. All you have to do is be present for... Uh, the live recording, which is every Monday at 9 o'clock Eastern Time. And at the end of the segment, we give away the game. And all you have to do is just participate in chat. So, Ryan, what's going on in Studio Dombrowski? I did things. You did things? What things did you I'm do? I'm a human genius. I made, I made an app this week. Beginning to end. Idea to completion... I made an app. What kind of app did you make? It is a damage calculator for a card game, for a IRL paper card game called Cardfight Vanguard. You've talked about this. Yes. One of the TV shows associated with it. Yep, has a TV show as well. I've been watching the crap out of the TV show. Now, they're still airing it. Actually, it's a show that's still in production. But in the game, you're attacking with your monsters, I guess they would be, against your opponent's monsters, and they have a power which is in X thousands. So, like, your first guy will probably have 5,000, next guy will have 7,000. And they get damage modifiers. Like, if it's attacking during this point of the game, or if other things have attacked, it gets plus 2,000 or something like that. If you boosted it with another unit, the boosted unit adds its power. That's another 5,000 or 7,000. 
So some effects can start adding up and can be a little confusing, even though it's basic math. I mean, you'll get to the answer eventually. Yep. But more, I, I kind of more wanted to do it because in the show, when they're doing their attacks, it like it shows you this little animation of the numbers kind of moving up to the next thousand and whatnot, and it's kind of cool. And the show has like a lot of flourish when they're doing things, you know, when they're like doing like the, what's called the stride phase. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Liberating the generation zone. There's like stars flying behind them and stuff. <laughs> <sighs> they have all these phrases and crap that they say. And I was like, well, it'd be cool to put like some of the, uh, some of the basic ones of those in the app as well. So the idea was I'll take the same like icon that they use essentially with the power in it and create the same type of animation. So when I do the the addition, it'll automatically go and show it just like it shows in the show and have the same sound. And then use some of the, the sound effects that they use very commonly, like when they call a unit, which is just putting something on the field. This, this circle glows on the board that they play on, and it makes this specific sound. It makes that call sound every damn time. And me and some other people were joking about that, and Sandra even says, like, they play that sound... Every time they play it so much, it's so annoying. But uh, I thought it'd be cool to have that anytime I played it down because I, I was making the sound with my mouth like within the last couple of weeks. I'd be like, so it's just it's fun being like hype about the game and getting into it. And now the app has some of the basics of that. So if you go to uh, if you go to my webpage right now and check the dev blog, the latest entry will have the uh, the kind of layout of the app. Which, uh, actually, would you mind bringing that up on the screen? Going to uh, Dombrowski.com and checking out the last blog entry. It's for Android only, because I don't have the export module for Apple, because it costs $100 a year in order to do that, and I'm not about to do that over some free app. It's just kind of a joke thing anyway. Um, and it's made for vertical use. It doesn't have any type of, like, turning. And you, you can see, if you're watching the stream now, there's the basics of it. That's the way it's laid out. So you have the number and the circle, which is the circle is exactly like it is on the show. There's also a picture in the background of like some different characters from the show that are monsters in the game. It's basic damage calculation. You'll notice that some of the some of the numbers are kind of obscure. You have a 10, 11, and a 15. Those wouldn't be on a normal calculator. But they're common numbers that are used in this game. So like 10,000, 11,000 are usually the powers of grade 3 monsters that you have. And 15,000 is the power of a grade 4. There's no plus or minus or anything like that, because all you're doing is adding in this game, essentially. Yep. Like, th there are some minus modifiers, but they're very rare. So you literally, you press a button, it'll add that many thousand instantly. So you press 5, it'll add 5,000. You press 7, it'll add an extra 7,000, and it'll show you the total. And the animation runs for, like, maybe a second, where it, like, rolls through the numbers, and it makes this... And then it stops. That's it. The... The four buttons on the top around the uh, the actual number totals, where one of them is to clear, so you can go back to zero, because you'll have more than you know one yep. number you're ever going to be adding during the game. Uh, you also have call, which is the sound that when you play something down is called calling, and it plays that sound. <laughs> in yeah, early in the series, there was uh, an edgy character, <laughs> Edge Lord, named Kai, and he would. Uh, he would declare when the final turn of the game is going to be before playing that turn. So when he goes to draw his last... When he's going to draw his card, he would say, Final turn. <laughs> and then he would draw the card and beat them. Total like dick move. shot in baseball? Yes, yes, it's a total <laughs> dick move. But it cracks me up. 
And me and uh, some of the other people that I play with at the shop, we sometimes do that just as a joke. Like, final turn. Like, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't just final turn me. And apparently that's like, it's outlawed in actual tournaments of Vanguard. Because, you know, people watch the show and they, they emulate it. But if you do that, and it'll get you like a game loss or get you kicked out or something. Something ridiculous. Just poor sportsmanship. Yeah, I put a button that when you press it, that character says, final turn. <laughs> so, so if someone uses this in a tournament... Yes, and they press the final turn button, they'll probably, they'll probably get ejected. And what's the stride button? But I thought it was funny. The stride is, in the show, when you stride, is usually when you're adding, it's called a generation stride, technically, and you take a monster from the future, and Whoa. it rides on your grade 3 unit, which grade 3 is the largest you can have. A grade 4 will come out of the future and ride onto the grade 3, which riding is just like leveling it up. And it'll add its power to the grade 3 unit's power, and it becomes like basically this new one, this big one. And in the show, they make a big friggin' deal out of it. They always say, like, liberating the generation zone! And then he'll say something like, power is in belief, and believe in my power! Some some cheesy stuff like that. And then he says, generation stride! And it plays the call thing like four times, and it has this sound behind it. So is it like when, did you ever watch Digimon? Yes. Like, when they did the Ultimate Evolutions, it was like... <gasps> I don't. Rem- I honestly don't remember much from that show, except for, My name is Genki, which means energy. Remember that. <laughs> no, they used to have, like, the... They had a regular, like, evolution, and then they would go, like, the... I forget, like, Ultra Mega, and people would be like... They made a huge... Because there was a regular animation, and then there was, like, a... There's more! And then... Poof, it gotcha. was crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's probably probably really similar. It definitely seems like the Vanguard show's kind of taken from other shows with a, a similar type of deal, like Yu-Gi-Oh! and whatnot. And I feel like they've kind of done it better. Because it's new. I mean, it's, it's only been out for a few years. As far as El Camino Colt is asking, uh, I haven't posted it on the Google Play Store because I've directly sampled some of the sounds. And I don't want to run into, like, any copyright problems and where they think that I might... I mean... I guess if there's no ads in it, I couldn't run into any legal problems because there's no way for me to benefit yeah, from it monetarily. Yeah. It is listed on itch.io, and you can donate on itch.io, but it's available for $0, so I don't know like how that would work. If somebody actually paid me for it, if it would be considered like a paid app, I'm not sure how that works. Like If the donation we'll is our, uh, for that counsel. item specifically, or if it's just considered a donation to me, and it happens to be after the screen where you buy the item, I have no idea. But I might, just for, like, just to try it out, I might post it up on uh, on the Google Play Store as, just as I have it named right, right now, as Vanguard Damage Calculator. Because when you search Vanguard on Google, you do not find this game. You find mortgage companies and stuff. Yeah. If you search Cardfight Vanguard, you'll find this, which is technically the full name of it. Just, like... Magic is Magic, Magic the, the Gathering. Gathering. Yep. Although if you search like Magic, a lot of times you'll find it anyway, just because it's so friggin' popular. And Cardfight actually has two exclamation points after it. Cardfight, Vanguard, Panic. So at the disco. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe I will uh, post it up there and just let people download it. I'm not looking to make any money off of it. I made it in literally like three or four hours, and most of my time was trying to find the samples because nobody else has sampled this. People have looked for it because I found a lot of like forum chains where somebody's like, where can I find the call sound? It's so cool. Or like the stride sound. Nobody found them. And I couldn't actually find a clean one. I had to make one out of one that was kind of chopped. It's like people are always talking over it or there's music behind it. And I wanted a clear call sound. Yeah. So I kind of just used my you know musician's ear and recreated it as close as I could using the tail end of it. 
because the beginning is very similar to the tail end. It almost like it's almost like the sample plays twice, which is yeah. essentially what I just did. I just made it play twice. The liberating the generation zone part, I just let the music play behind it. And it plays like really long, which I may cut down. I may make a smaller version of it and put it on there uh, for like the big release, but I thought it was funny uh, just because it's so, it's so cheesy and over the top. Um, but the final turn I would leave on there. The only other thing that I might add, and the only reason I didn't is because it's actually in the rules of the game, is that you, uh, you're supposed to say stand up Vanguard before you start the game. It's face down. You turn the card up and you say stand up Vanguard or stand up my Vanguard or whatever. It's in the rules. You're supposed to say it. Nobody cares. They don't say it. But at a tournament, you have to say it. <laughs> and everybody says it at the tournaments. <laughs> so I Did may... flare. Yeah, I guess. It, yeah, it makes it more it makes it more intense. And I've heard that like at the big tournaments, everybody does their stand up at the same time. So there's like 200 people there, and they'll all say it. You can imagine that'd be pretty pretty intense. Synchronized nerding. Yeah, yeah, it would be cool, but just yeah, nerdy as hell at the same time. Where it's like <laughs> it's, it's embarrassing that you think it's cool. But yeah, Grammy Takira is here. Whoa, mother of the show, what's Grammy Takira making a rare appearance. Good to see what's you. up? What's up? What's up? So. uh... Yeah, the only thing I might add is the the stand-up, the Vanguard. And one of the main reasons I didn't, like I said, is because you're supposed to say it. And because every time they say it in the show, it's two people saying it. They both say it. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know. I just felt like I wanted like one of the main characters to say it alone. But whatever. I'll probably make it so when you press the actual damage number, it'll say stand-up. Or I might find another way to incorporate it. It's, like an I mean, egg. as you can see... Like, the way things are laid out, there's not really room for anything you else. You push, push the center of the circle. Yeah, yeah, without, like, kind of making it too too muddy, too much crap. So, I'll, I'll probably just make a... I'll probably take the final turn and move that to the, the number. And then I'll put uh, stand up where it says final. Yep. So, you'll only realize the final turn when you press the center thing. Which I, I noticed people do. I noticed somebody tapped it. So that'll be like a little joke thing that they can find after that. Which is like, it's it's bad sportsmanship, but it's, I don't know, it's funny. I had, I had a good time making it. After I got the sounds, it took like maybe an hour to actually code everything. It's just one menu. It's just simple buttons. The only thing that was kind of uh, different was making the numbers roll up. And roll up for the same amount of time every time. Because if you think there's there's a different amount of numbers between 1,000 and 2,000 as there is between 1,000 and 9,000. Yeah. So when you add two numbers together, I wanted to make sure it rolled for the same amount of time. So you would you'll you'll notice that the formula that I use to make it roll for the same amount of time cuts it into 30 steps. So it guarantees to roll for 30 steps, and it will roll equally between those 30. So if you press any number that is a three multiple the zeros won't change when you do it because it's a multiple three that it's yeah. dividing it by every time. But that's, that's like the only like kind of complicated thing that I did. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure there, there may have been a different way to do it than what I did, but it Before, was, it was yeah. really, it was really pretty basic. I mean, pretty much everything was the first time I tried it. It worked the way that it should. The only other thing being like sounds, I kind of tweaked with a little bit because I didn't want like too many sounds overlaying on top of other sounds, so I made it so sounds cut off when you go to repress yep. them and whatnot. It's still not like 100% polished, but it's like 95. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's really Played nothing for the to it. Together it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's super basic, and I got it done in a day, and I felt like I achieved something. I've been enjoying the hell out of playing Vanguard lately. I've actually spent too much money on Vanguard this month. I think like when it when it all comes down to it, I spent like 
$60, which I didn't expect to spend that much. But like in a month, I spent $60. I bought a, I bought a booster box, which cost me 40 And then in singles, I've spent like 20 over the course of the last month. So I really need to stop myself. I almost bought another booster box today, but I'm like, I don't have money. Don't, don't kid yourself. Don't get a booster box. Because there's a card. The new archetype that I decided to start building for, as you know, in, in probably any collectible card game, uh, there are cards that are expensive. Generally, in a deck that's good, some of the cards are just going to cost a lot of money. That's like, why they're good. Yeah, in Magic, you know, like Cryptic Commands and Damnations and things like that are worth a lot of money because they're more rare and they're played by a lot of Tarmogoyf. people. So, yeah, yeah, Tarmogoyf. Somebody pulled a Tarmogoyf recently at our shop. Bought two packs, got a Tarmogoyf. But uh, the uh, the archetype I want to build is called the Blauklugers. They're, uh, it's all like German mechs, basically, yeah. like... Uh, Bangayo and what am I thinking of? Like Neon Genesis Evangelion, like super edgy, crazy looking, awesome robot ships that are like people inside of them. They're like the size of people's bodies. <laughs> and uh, I was like, all right, I want to build some of these. I, got, I have a couple cards and I just think they're cool and I want to rebuild the clan that I'm using, which they're in the same clan. You have to build within a clan. Yep. And the clan deck I had before was not fun because it allows the, the other person can't play the game past a certain point. They can't do the stride phase. You just can't do it in the game. So you, you can't use like this whole extra deck of cards you have. And I was like, I mean, the, the deck wins, but it's not fun. It's not yeah. a fun game. So it's I like blue. To, yeah, yeah. I tried. <laughs> yeah, it's like blue. So I tried to rebuild uh, another one with that clan. I was like, all right, I'll do Blau's. So I built like the, the core of the Blau deck for like $20. I used store credit. But the main cards for it are, on TCG, they're about $30 a piece. And you probably want to run four. <laughs> and then the, the secondary core cards for it would be about $15 a piece. And you probably want to run four. So I'm not doing that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, booster boxes for it. We're going for like $28 on eBay. And you would probably pull one of those in the booster box. It's like, well, if I pull one or two, because one of them's a double rare instead of like the highest rarity. So you might pull two of the same box. You might get like $70 of cards in the same box. Yeah. So the 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 like gambling part of me is like, I want to get some booster boxes of this. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to. I don't need those cards. I, I mean, I already bought other cards that will suffice I mean, I technically have the deck together right now. It's just like complete garbage because it's yep. built out of a common box for $5. Anyway, that aside, made an app. actually did something this week. You're welcome to download it. It's on itch.io. If you go to Dombrowski page on itch.io, you will find this app. Also, if you go to the dev blog, you'll see the, the exact picture that you're looking at now if you're looking at the live stream. If you click on the picture, it will take you straight to itch.io to that download page. And it, it's only on Android. It's only going to be good for people who play Vanguard. So, I mean, there's not... I don't think there's, like, a massive following for this game. But it is fun. And if you're interested in it, and, in, and you're in the area where we are, the Polk County area, our shop, Carl's Game Station, where I work on Dundee Road, has, like, a ton of singles that are, like, $0.10 cents a piece. So you can you can literally build a deck for, like, $5. Nice. Which is... I mean, there's a good, good easy entry level. Pre-cons are, like, 18 which is a little more than the average pre-con. But if somebody's up there... They'll help you put together something and teach you the game. Yeah. I mean, that's how I, I... I bought my first pre-con, and after that, I, I built, like, three or four decks. Super cheap. It's a lot of fun. Vanguard. So check the app out if you're if you're interested in Vanguard. That's pretty much all I've been doing this week. I will probably make, like, another app, I think, next. I might make one for Magic, even though there's a ton of, like, life calculators for Commander and whatnot. I could make my own version of it yeah. that, I, that might be, you know, more efficient for what I feel is needed. Yeah, not sure. really building for the people, <laughs> which I, I guess is bad when you you want to make a, a business out of it. But whatever. I mean, if I make a good product, it'll probably sell. I don't know. 
Anyway, what have you been up to, Nate? Um, so I actually worked on rollout, which was nice to get back in there and do some stuff. Um, I played around with making some levels, so I actually have the first level mapped out. I just have to now, like, it's, I need to fill out, like, I kind of made a rough outline. Like, there's walls that I just put, like, this is where the edge of the wall is, but I didn't fill behind it, if you will. Hmm. Um, and I need to go through and test it to make sure that you can't gimp it with, like, I have a, there's certain ways you want to figure, you, you, I want them to proceed through the earlier levels. And I want to make sure they can't just use something and be like, oh, if you do this, you can skip the whole level. Or, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, make it super easy. So I, I got to go th- start doing the play testing of the levels, which I think is going to be the hardest part of the game for me is the level design. Because there's no, it, when it gets difficult, I'm going to be very meticulous on how things are designed without making it too super linear. So it's going to be hard. Um, I also started reading up on how sounds are handled in Game Maker. Um, I know you talked about sounds a lot. Mm. Uh, yeah. The sound engine built in is pretty bad. Yeah, it's going to be rough. It's really basic. Um, I played a little bit with it. I had some issues where, like, sounds were overlap. So I just have, you know, I know how to fix that. And it's just, sounds not my thing. And I, some of this, uh, it's not hard. It's just tedious, I guess is the best way to put it. Hmm. So I ended up kind of, I have my own little cheat sheets I've started to save on my computer. And other people have been like, Kind of like a heart beast movement engine. You kind of just, that's the good start for a platformer. I found some sound stuff. I was just like, thank you. I'm going to go save that for later <laughs> and, and tweak some stuff out. Cause I was like, ah, this is going to be confusing. So, um, I read up about sound a lot and watched 15 YouTube videos at the very least for how sound works and different ways to handle sound. Cause there was some, some people would do, I, I started wanting to get too creative with it or too, in depth, I was like, I don't need to have. You don't need like emitters or it, it, fully surround sound or like yeah. distance based sound or anything like that. Which I started to try. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm, this is too big of a, a, a thing to chew off. So uh, those are the the two biggest things I worked on. Um, I'm playing a MMO. It's been a long time since the MMO caught my attention. It's a Black Desert Online. What? What's it about? It's a Korean MMO. It's Medieval world. Um, there's like 20 character classes. The graphics are beautiful. It's a very difficult game that also encourages you to stay online even when you're AFK. Like there's benefits. You can level up skills and stuff. Hmm. It's free to play. You just have to buy the game once. And they have three tiers. You can buy it as low as 10 bucks, as high as 50. You just get more perks the more you spend on the game. Um, but so I've been playing that, and the wife actually likes it. So we've both been playing that, which is pretty neat. But that's that's been the most of it. Um, work is really, really crazy, and uh, so it's been digging into my time. I got a, I'll call it a promotion, and my workload quadrupled. So, yeah. Um, but that's about it. Um, so just talk about the Twitch people. Uh, yes, caster, I got on BDO. Um. Colonel Tun agrees that BDO is beautiful for, for sure. We got a new person here, Tune9822. Says they're new, looking for a show to be interested in. Anything he needs to know? I just told him in chat that this cast is about 
video games. We play video games, talk about video games, give away video games, and we make video games and talk about making video games. Oh, so yeah, yeah that's it. Um, I'm actually hoping... I got a vacation in June to go see uh, Grammy to Ella, or Grammy to Kira. Ella's her other grandkid. <laughs> that, that's her email address is Grammy to Ella. Uh, Don't give that away. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't say at what. It's not It's not. So this is her social one. security number. <laughs> um, I'm actually going up to see Gr- Grammy to Kira uh, in a couple weeks. Um, but I'm hoping middle, end of July, I want the first level done and be a, like a teaser test like give it out. We like here, check this thing out and figure out where I want to go. Kind of like what you do with response. You kind of made a first proof of concept. Mm. I want that. I want something done in that form. I'm hoping that's going to be end of July, and we'll go from there. So we'll see. I'm gonna play your game. I'm gonna beat it. Yeah. Probably While I play it. the game, what? It's time for the podcast plug for keeping all of the podcast fluid in its reservoir. In defense of episode 36 between the panels. Joined by Jeremy Raddick and Danica LeBlanc, we discuss the role of comic books and social relevance. Check out this podcast and more at gunnageek.com. That's it for this week's episode, Ryan. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at r underscore doombrowski, at Facebook at doombrowski, and at doombrowski.com. You can also find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash doombrowski. Fans on Patreon get special rewards, including podcast shoutouts, inside information, free games, and early access to podcast episodes. Special thanks to my elite patrons, Patty Burnham, Colton Daniels, and Sandra Strickland. Nate, where can they find you? I'm on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, all under The Ninja Fat Man, T-H-E-N-I-N-J-A-F-A-T-M-A-N. You can also find our podcast on SoundCloud, TuneIn, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and Doombrowski.com. You can also find us on the Gunna Geek Network at GunnaGeek.com. And check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Doom Ninja Podcast and our Twitter at Doom Ninja Cast. Thank you for listening. May your headbands be tight and your XP plentiful. Booyah. And I'm Game Dev YouTube Nib YouTube Nib.